Thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast, where we have frank discussions of the challenges facing today's managers and leaders. My name is Audrey Strong, and I'm pleased to be the Director of Communications for Sales Fuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and President of Sales Fuel. Hello, Audrey. Yeah. Hi, Lee. How are you? Very, very we, good. We're we excited. have an amazing guest today. Why don't you introduce him? Well, here's somebody who, when I was in college, uh, I became very impressed with. I remember uh, seeing him on the cover of Selling Power magazine back in the mid-80s when I was in college. Yeah, he's an icon. He's a legend in business. He's written over 80 books, all of them excellent. He's spoken to millions of people all over the world. And I'm really thrilled to, uh, to, to bring to you today Mr. Brian Tracy. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Brian, you talk about a lot of different subjects. It's really going to be hard just to try to focus it in on one, but I just wanted to uh, hit you with the, like the number one thing, which is today, what is the most important quality that a manager must have to be successful in business? Well, uh, since we and I first talked about this interview, I've given it a lot of thought. And fortunately, some of the best work in the history of the world uh, on this subject has been done. And that old 80-20 rule uh, keeps uh, coming along to um, bite you in the leg. And 80% of managerial success they find in the most extensive 22-year study, tens of thousands of managers, 22 countries, the most important qualities for managerial success are basically three, and they account for 80% of all results. And in business, results are everything. Mm -hmm. uh, results are so important that there is really nothing but results. And what they found was this, is they, in studying all of these companies, they found that the number one requirement for high performance in leadership and management was clear goals and objectives, is that the organization was very clear about what it wanted to accomplish, and every single person was very clear about their individual goals and how they fitted in to the other goals. And lack of clarity and lack of focus are the primary reasons for failure and underachievement and confusion and time wastage and everything else. It's interesting, Albert Einstein was asked, if you had one hour to solve a problem, and the problem was that the earth was going to be destroyed and everyone on it, and you had one hour to solve this problem, how would you allocate your hour? And his answer was, I would spend the first 59 minutes fully understanding the problem and the last one minute solving the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm guessing checking your email would not be among those in the 59 minutes. No, and, but the, and, and the point is this, is that taking the time to sit down and talk and think through and agree upon the goals and objectives for the group, for the, you know, the team, for each individual is very important. That's probably 80% of the top 80%. Number two is setting very clear, specific measures and standards so that you know exactly how close you are to achieving the results that you've set for yourself, the goals. And the third area is timelines and deadlines, is that everybody knows exactly when they are expected to accomplish a particular goal or task. And everybody else knows what everybody else's goals measures and uh, timelines are, 
And so this kind of a team can accomplish extraordinary things. And every single meeting is simply managing by objectives, as they call it, is we discuss our goals, we discuss how close we are, uh, we discuss the, the numbers that indicate uh, how, what we've accomplished, and we uh, discuss the timeline. The most important thing I've found in many, many years of studying uh, leadership and managerial success. And so yet today, though, many managers still really struggle with, with setting proper goals. So let, let's give them some help on how to execute some of these objectives. What advice can you give them for setting better goals and more clear goals? Well, you have to ask, coming back to that magic word, results. What results are you trying to accomplish? And our favorite word, as we talked about earlier, is clarity. Is you must be absolutely clear. Each person must be absolutely clear about what they are supposed to accomplish and what each other person is supposed to accomplish. And that's why it's very useful to take the time to discuss it. So everybody's in complete agreement. And uh, the more time you spend uh, becoming perfectly clear about the goal, the easier it is to set goals, the easier it is to achieve results, the easier it is to work. And of course, the payoff for starting and completing a task is extremely high psychologically and emotionally. So your most successful individuals and your most successful companies and work groups are known as highly productive. You could take this person and put them into this area and they will double or triple the productivity of the work group. So that's the most important advice that I can give to managers and leaders. On the flip side of all this, uh, Mr. Tracy, are what you said were the three biggest mistakes leadership is making, the three C's, that criticize, condemn, and complain. Can you detail that a little bit to uh, how not to go in the opposite direction? They've discovered, again, decades and decades of research is that people perform at their very best when they feel really good about themselves, when uh, they feel that they're accomplishing something that's worthwhile and important in the eyes of other people. And so you never criticize people and do anything to make them feel bad uh, about their work because the old idea was that if you criticize people, then they would smarten up and fly right and they would do the job better. What they have found, however, is that they just won't do the job at all. They'll just avoid an area that uh, opens them up to uh, pain, emotional pain. And we talk about complaining. Complaining means saying, uh, I am a victim. I am weak. I'm a victim. I'm little. I'm, 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 I'm not strong. Um, and someone else is to blame for it. So you never complain. If you're not happy with the results, you say, all right, what do we have to change to get the results that we want? So you have everybody thinking in a positive way. And then you never con condemn people. You never uh, talk about people behind their back. You create an environment where everyone in that environment, environment feels terrific. Many years ago, I had a wonderful opportunity to work for IBM doing seminars and workshops, uh, especially in leadership and management. And I worked for three years. I did more than 30 talks for them. And I learned a lot about the company, but I learned that the company had three values. Number one value is excellent quality products and services, which we talked about earlier today. The second of all was excellent customer service. And the third was respect for the individual, is that you were never allowed to do or say anything that disrespected anyone inside or outside of the company. And you could make every conceivable mistake in your career at IBM. And IBM primarily hired people for life. And uh, it would be forgiven. But you could not disrespect another person. You could not criticize them or make them feel bad or uh, be negative toward another person. That was grounds for instant firing. Wow. You were out of here. 
And IBM, when I worked with them, and even today, they're one of the most wonderful companies. People love to work for IBM. They just <laughs> love to be there because everyone has this positive, highly constructive, customer-oriented, co-worker-oriented uh, orientation. And so the, the positive work environment is one of the things that uh, we talk a lot about on, on this podcast. And so speak to the, how important culture is to the growth and the success of a company these days. Well, the, the, the culture uh, is so important. Uh, Peter Drucker says that culture uh, eats strategy for lunch every morning or eats strategy for breakfast every morning. And the culture is the way people think and feel and their values what is uh, right and acceptable and what is proper and not. And so very often a company gets into trouble because a competent uh, superior is promoted, but this uh, superior is also very critical. And they critical and they complain and they condemn. In fact, uh, several of the biggest companies in the world today, companies like Xerox and uh, General Motors and, and others, uh, they've had major uh, turnovers at the uh, upper levels from the president on down because these people would actually swear uh, and curse and uh, uh, criticize uh, the co-workers in front of others, including top managers. And so what they would do is they would get rid of them and bring in a really, really nice person, male or female. You see a couple of the presidents of the biggest companies in the world now uh, are women who've been promoted from the ranks. They started off in three cases, in Hewlett-Packard, in uh, Xerox, and in um, General Motors, is they were promoted up through the ranks because people liked them, and people wanted them to be promoted, and people lobbied for them to have the top job. Why? It's because they took such good care of people. They made people feel really great about working in this company. Okay, so 86 books, which, and they're probably all like it's 86 other children, <laughs> right? Ah. All your babies. But we really wanted to know if you have a favorite title out of the 86. I know it's probably an impossible, unfair question, but we, we're asking it anyway. It's a question that I, that I always refuse to answer. <laughs> ah. however, however, I will say this. I, the first major book that I wrote worldwide is called Maximum Achievement. And all over the world, by the hundreds of thousands and millions, People say, it changed my life. It changed my life. It's the most important book ever written. It um, goes far beyond the uh, great success books uh, of the day. And people who read it and compare it with what they've read in the past, they just cannot believe it because it is so focused on developing a positive mindset and a very constructive step-by-step uh, method that enables you to not only feel wonderful about yourself, but to get along wonderfully with other people and to accomplish extraordinary goals. And so many people come to me, and I have had three occasions where billionaires who were working at laboring jobs got a hold of a copy of Maximum Achievement and began to read it on their off hours and became some of the richest people in the world, uh, simply because of the timelessness and the power of these principles. So that would be... The one book, if you could only read one book of mine, would be Maximum Achievement. So what's the single biggest thing that stops people from getting rich? Well, uh, they don't learn how. It would be the same uh, uh, as a surgeon who does not complete their courses, and so they can't do surgery on, on ankles and shoulders and brains and everything else. So uh, they don't become wealthy because they don't really put their whole heart into 
doing what they need to do, and especially upgrading their skills. The way that people become wealthy is they create value uh, for others, and they add value, and then they keep a piece of it. I, I sometimes joke, and I'll ask a, an audience full of managers, I'll say, how many people here work on straight commission? And they're offended, you know, commission. I mean, that's what salespeople who sell cars do. <clears throat> and they say, oh, so I mutter, maybe 10 or 15% of people will raise their hands. They work on commission. And I'll say, now, what's the real answer? What's the truth? This question. And they stop. And one by one, it's the most amazing thing. I did this with a group of uh, international accountants, uh, about 500 accountants. And the first time, there's not a single hand went up. And then people started to raise their hand and raise their hand and raise their hand. And they realized that everyone works on commission. Everyone works uh, and receives a uh, a portion, a percentage of the value that they create for other people, for their company and for their customers. So your job is to constantly be looking for ways to uh, contribute more value, to add value, to uh, improve the life or work uh, of your customers in some way. And by the natural course of things, you will get a piece of that. They say in the New York, they call it a slice of the vig. You, you, you get a slice of the vig. You get a piece of the value that you create. And the more you focus on creating more value, the more you will be paid. And so my, my question, my last question to you is, is, a, is a simple one, or maybe it's a challenging one. Uh, just as you've been a big influence on my career, who was most influential on your professional career? Well, there's really been no person. I'm uh, a very much self-learned or self-taught person. Uh, I, one of my favorite lines from Drucker, and I've, I've only... Uh, corresponded with Drucker once, so I don't know him personally, but his his thoughts have had a profound effect on my thinking. And one of the things he said is that, um, are there self-made leaders? And he said, perhaps, he said, but there are so few of them that they make no difference in the great scheme of things. He said, leaders are made and always self-made by working on themselves to become better and better at doing what they do and fulfilling their responsibilities. And that's basically been my philosophy through life. I didn't finish high school. I didn't go to university until my 30s. Um, and so everything I've learned, I've learned by uh, practice. I've started, built, or managed 22 different companies and uh, made successes of them all. And my nature of my business is that we start a business about once a month in a new product area, subject area, geographical area, and so on. And we learn from every one of those experiences. But there was never anyone who, single person, who taught me. Well, those 10 minutes with you has not only been invaluable, but inspiring. And we are so grateful that you took some time to speak with us today. Well, thank th you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank, thank you very you. much, Welcome. Brian. I Thanks, really Brian. appreciate you. If, if anyone wants to learn more about the teachings and the philosophies of Brian Tracy, briantracy.com, or simply go to amazon.com, iBooks, or your favorite online bookstore, yes. you'll find plenty of titles there mm -hmm. that you can download and consume and enjoy and be better for it. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.